Principal Matters Podcast, episode 204. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I want to talk about how we are all pioneers. If you'd like other free resources like this one, you can check out all my posts at williamdparker.com. If you are a regular listener to Principles Matters podcast, I just want to encourage you and thank you for the hard work that you've been doing all summer long. Normally, summers are kind of that time where we can rest, relax, unplug, recharge for the school year ahead. But so many people that I'm talking to this summer have had opportunities to take breaks. But for the most part, they've been thinking and planning and continuously strategizing for the year ahead. And so I I just want to take some time in this podcast this week to just talk to those of you who are regular listeners, and maybe you're listening for the first time, but if you are, I'm assuming that you're either an aspiring leader or you're presently a leader, but you're involved in education leadership, which is why you listen to this show. And I just want to have a heart-to-heart. This week, I had my first in-person training with a group of fellow administrators, and when I arrived, the team of administrators was in a room with appropriately distanced tables. We wore masks. When I wear a mask, my glasses fog up. So I was holding my glasses in one hand while talking and working through slides and leading group conversations. And we talked about things like school culture and planning for the upcoming school year and supporting teachers in these new norms that are ahead. And we shared aspirations and concerns We took turns reflecting on possibilities, and I noticed some interactions of teaching and working while wearing masks with teams, and some of you have already experienced this. Um, You can't see facial expressions. You have to talk louder than normal. You have to really enunciate your words. But I also noticed something, too, that as we continued the conversations, we became less and less mask-centered and more and more content and conversation-centered. And when I left that meeting, I was thinking about the weeks and the months ahead that you have as school leaders, when you're going to be bringing your teachers in for training or meeting with them via Zoom. And and I know that every person I talk to here in my state and across the U.S. is looking at different options because people are in urban or suburban or rural settings or some places have very few people in their counties and others have huge congested populations. And so there are remote learning options, there are blended learning options, there's virtual learning options, there's in-person learning options. And the one thing I keep thinking over and over again is that No one has ever done school like this before in our lifetime. Now, maybe there's someone listening out there who lived through the Spanish flu. I don't know that person who's been a school leader that's actually walked through something like this in modern education history. And it made me think back to the the book by Dr. Anthony Muhammad called Transforming School Cultures and the conversation that I had with him in episode 202, where he unpacks the different kinds of educators that each of us has in our cultures and and we can identify to those areas the you know believers tweeners survivors or fundamentalists and i was thinking about how we are all tweeners right now you know a tweener is a person who is new to the education experience they're usually optimistic they're usually desperately searching for their own identity and a new surrounding they're usually looking for someone else to be a lifeline for them to role model for them, to be an encouragement for them. 
They're usually impressionable and looking for feedback, and they're usually susceptible to either a healthy or toxic school culture. So I think it's important to recognize stepping into this new school year that we're all tweeners. And whether or not we become healthy or toxic in this new endeavor is going to depend a lot upon what happens over the next days and weeks ahead. And I think it's going to depend a lot on our attitudes. And part of the, one of the biggest challenges of school leadership is knowing how important it is to lead with optimism and lead with hope. Because leading with optimism and hope means that you're instilling optimism and hope in others. It doesn't mean you can't be transparent. It doesn't mean that you can't admit your disappointments. It doesn't mean you can't be frustrated. But it does mean that you are committed. And I know I'm speaking to people who are committed. And one of the most difficult things I've seen right now, especially as social media has exploded with people all having different opinions, is that at the end of the day, it's the principal who's having to execute what's happening within the school. The organizational management falls on him or her in these roles. And so I just want to let you know today how important, if no one's told you recently, how important your role is, how essential you are to the the healthy culture and the catalyst of optimism within your school community. And so please, on the one hand, be real about the frustrations and the angst of the moment that we're living in. But please, on the other hand, be encouraged and know that your attitude does matter. It will affect those around you. So can I ask you a few questions this morning? First of all, is your attitude one of hope or resignation? Do you believe that your team has the capacity to serve kids? Are you willing to keep looking for solutions even as plans have to shift and change? Because here's the truth. We have to be optimistic. We have to believe we have the capacity. We have to believe that we can shift to serve no matter what faces us ahead because our kids and our communities will still need us, whatever that looks like, whether that's from a distance, whether that's partially together, whether that's blended. Overcoming difficulties requires leadership. And if leadership was easy, we wouldn't need people to help us overcome difficulties. We'd just all figure it out. But that's not the way life is. So please bear with me for a moment, because if you've listened to my podcast before, you also know that I love to tell stories that I use as metaphors. I'm just going to tell you on the front end that I want to tell you a story that I hope the metaphor from this story might provide you with some perspective in the days ahead. A few weeks ago, my family and I drove west for a few days in Moab, Utah. We wanted to be able to vacation together, socially distanced from others, walk along trails of red canyons, and just take a break for a few days from computer screens and the stress of current events. And we had a great time. And just above Moab are the LaSalle Mountains. And my 14-year-old son, Jack, loves to mountain hike. And so we planned one morning for just the two of us to try to summit a nearby peak. And that morning of our climb, we arrived early at the trailhead. We drove up just after sunup. And the day before had been like in the 90s Fahrenheit in the canyon areas near Moab. When we summited the hills of the LaSalle mountain range, the temperature just kept dropping and dropping in elevation. And when we stepped out of the car, it was 32 degrees Fahrenheit and the forest floor was covered in a light coat of snow. And Jack and I looked at each other and I said to him, are you sure you want to make this climb? Because this climb was going to take us about eight hours. 
we were wearing shorts. We had on uh, thin shirts, but we had hoodies and ball caps, but we didn't pack gloves. We didn't have windbreakers. And he said, I think we can do this, dad. So we put on our backpacks. They were filled with water bladders and snacks. And and we set our timers and we headed into the trail. And our goal was Man's Peak. It's a little more than 11,000 feet at the top. And the trailhead begins about two and a half miles from the ascent. So this meant with the elevation changes and switchbacks and navigating through the snow, we knew we would reach it in about four hours. And if you've ever climbed an elevation before, you know that the beginning is usually the easiest part. But as oxygen becomes thinner, the climb progressively becomes harder. And at first, we were just mesmerized by the beauty of the pines and rambling creeks and occasional deer. And later, the trees changed to aspen, beautiful white and black bark and large swaths of forests were fallen or broken from avalanches that had occurred during the winter months. And thankfully, as we, as we hiked, the weather turned warmer. And when we hit the switchbacks, our climb slowed way down. And for those of you that have done mountain climbing, you know that switchbacks just take you back and forth along the mountain ridge to try to ascend toward the top and toward the tree lines. And we could see the tree lines above us but man, I was getting tired and I, I grabbed a walking stick and Jack was just climbing like a deer. He's 14 years old. He was just moving carelessly along, but my 51-year-old legs, although used to my normal running schedule, just could not keep up. And I was breathing so hard. And at one point in the climb, Jack rested for me to catch up with him. And he said, dad, you see that bush just ahead around the corner? And I said, yes. And he said, let's just make it there and then we'll stop. And that became our pattern. Jack would march ahead and I would take one heavy step after another leaning on my walking stick and plodding along until I could catch up. And finally, we made it to the tree lines. And looking back below us, you could see the winding trails through the valleys and the trees and the, the green miles below us. And we could see several peaks along the hill that formed the saddleback above the tree line. And just then the winds picked up. And without the cover of the trees, we were exposed to this bitter wind that was blowing so hard that we had to hold on to our caps to keep them on our head. And we just looked at each other. I could already feel the fingers on my hands going numb. And, and Jack said, can we do this? And I said, Jack, I know the, the way, this is going to be painful. Are you up for this? We could see the ridge of peaks just ahead of us. And Jack pointed to the closest one. And he said, how about we just try to make it to the closest one? And then we'll move back down into the tree line. And I said, let's do it. So Jack, he just took off like a deer. He's going up these rocks and he's climbing. And at this point, this peak had completely turned to, to small boulders. And so each of us is climbing on snowy rocks using all fours, like, like bear crawling, our hands and our feet moving up the rocks one at a time. And I could feel my fingers growing colder. So I, I grabbed my hat and put it in one hand to kind of use like a glove as I was climbing. And before long, I, I looked up and I could see Jack had lengthened the distance ahead. And he was standing with the, the peak behind him, almost near the top. And he was looking down at me. And I know this is going to sound like exaggerated, but this is the moment. He, he the sun was over his shoulder, piercing through clouds, and, and Jack was just silhouetted against this rocky, snowy face of rocks. And I noticed he was wearing a mask. We had packed our, our surgical mask with us because of COVID alerts in case we ran into other, other hikers, which we had not. And so I reached in my pocket and I grabbed mine and I put it on too because 
the wind was bitter, but those masks created a new layer of protection. When I looked up again, Jack was actually back down standing beside me. And he said, Dad, it's too cold. I don't think we can make it to the top. And I said to him, Jack, we are so close. Just keep going. If I don't make it, it's okay. You reach the top, then come back down. But I want you to meet your goal. So he turned and he darted up the rocks. And I plodded on after him. I wanted to get there with him too. And so rock after rock, cold fingers turning red and numb and feet slipping in crevices of small boulders. And I don't know how I did it, but suddenly I was there with him. And we're standing on the peak of this mountain and we're looking back at each other. And, and just then we spotted this line of rocks. And on the other side was a small decline and an open area of green grass. And we slid behind this natural windbreak and suddenly the wind stopped. And we took off our masks and we looked around and if you've ever climbed the summit of a mountain, you know that moment when you're on the top of the world, the valleys and the other mountain ranges lying before you, a panorama of trees and rocks and valleys and clouds and sunlight. And we sat down and we unpacked our bags and we, we ate lunch and we just soaked it in while we rested. And Jack said, I have never been so tired in my life. And I asked him, was it worth it? And he said, yes. Just a few days ago, Jack and I were driving somewhere together and he was looking on his phone at the photos from that day. And he said, Dad, I think this will be one of the best memories of my life. I can't remember ever doing anything so hard. And I caught the irony of those two sentences. The best memory of my life, never can I remember doing anything so hard. And as I wrapped up that meeting with the school leaders this week, I shared with them that climbing story. And for the same reasoning, I'm sharing it with you. I shared it with them because I wanted, to, I wanted to explain that as I think back to that climb, I inevitably think about you, the mountain that you're going to be climbing this year. And whether your district has decided to begin classes remotely or in person, whatever the scenario, it will not be an easy climb. You're going to be navigating paths this year that no one has ever climbed before. We are all pioneers. There are four things that I think it's important to understand about a climb, especially when you're pioneering. First, hard climbs require courage and determination. They just do. You have to make a commitment on the front end of what you're willing to invest to reach your goal. Two, hard climbs require planning for the knowns, but expecting quick decisions when you face the unknowns. So, you have an idea in your mind of what to expect, but when you get there, it may not be exactly like you expect, and you pivot, and you change, and you problem solve. Three, a hard climb, even though it's hard, is always easier with strong teamwork and encouragement from others. There's nothing as helpful in a hard climb as someone who's with you who can say, look around the next corner, or let's just make it to this point, or I'm with you. And four, hard climbs require selfless moments and looking out for one another. Being willing to let other people move ahead sometimes without you, being willing to let them have the credit for something because it doesn't matter anymore. The goal is to reach the destination. It's, it doesn't matter anymore who gets credit or, or whether you get there or not yourself. But something else surprised me in this climbing story that I want to end with in this conversation today. And that's that I never expected in the most difficult moment of our climb that 
that stupid mask would actually help. Who would have ever thought that it would provide the protective element that we needed to make that one last push to reach our goals? So can I wrap up this conversation this week by just asking you to reflect? Because I know that you are looking toward a year where you're having to consider protocols and personal protective equipment or blended options or virtual meetings or social distancing. And it's okay to admit that it's overwhelming. It's okay to admit that you are a pioneer. And it's okay to admit you're not looking forward to it. But it's also important to realize that you cannot climb that mountain by yourself. We need one another. It's one of the reasons that I opened up a free mastermind uh, for the next several weeks to Principal Matters listeners to collaborate around ideas for reopening, not because I'm trying to create something where you can connect with my products or my books or my services. I just want to create a space for people to rely on one another. And so thank you for those of you who have reached out. We have over a dozen states represented right now in the meeting that we're doing weekly. And if you are interested in connecting with that group, um, you can certainly email me at will at williamdparker.com and I can send you some more information. Also, I think it's important to realize that no one in this journey has more experience than anyone else in mitigating the factors of school leadership during a pandemic. No one understands the best outcomes for combining remote learning with entire cities or communities of school children because no one has ever done it. No one knows when the numbers will finally reach levels where we can return to life as it was before COVID-19. But we do know this. We always faced obstacles better when we move forward together with hope, with committed determination, and with teamwork. And who knows, someday, maybe even we will look back at this crazy time that we're in and realize the small things that helped us reach our destinations, even things is like, like masks. Who knows? We, we don't know yet because we haven't reached that goal yet. So this week, I just want to ask you to reflect on these questions. How would you describe your emotions going into this new semester? Be honest. And then ask yourself, how can you support those on your teams who are feeling the same way right now? Please, as a leader, be honest, be vulnerable, be transparent, but be the one who commits to hope. And I want to ask you this week to reach out to at least one other educator in your circle to remind them that you are in this with them. If there is any way that I can support you during this time, please reach out to me as well, because I do not promise I have the answers, but I do want to offer you the reminder that together we can reach incredible goals and overcome incredible obstacles. So this week, as you're leading your school or as you're leading yourself, as you're reflecting on the, on the days ahead, I hope that those thoughts can be encouraging to you. And I would just love to stay connected. You can reach out to me, obviously, through social media. If you want to find me at Twitter at WilliamDP. If you want to connect to me through email, you can reach me at will at williamdparker.com. If you want to check out any of the other free podcasts and resources on my website, you can do so at williamdparker.com because I want to continue to learn and grow together. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for doing what matters. And I'll talk to you soon. If you'd like other free resources like this one, you can check out all my posts at williamdparker.com.